things. I'm thinking, God, we want a new children's church right up there. Brother Kirk's going to have to all do all this work again. He got it all set up, looking good back then. He's going to get to do it again because we're going to get the finances to fix that up there just for our children. I'm going to look to Shelly. Shelly, if I forgot anything today. You guys don't get to see behind the scenes. We go in the pastor's office and we pray every Sunday before service, before we walk out here. And we have a list of different things that we try to stay organized with. But at the same time, when God wants to move, we're just going to go with the flow of the Spirit and let Him do what He wants to do. And we pray that. And it's real funny because they'll tell me something before the end of the, the meeting and the prayer. They're like, I'm asking the same question again. No, you're supposed to do that. Oh, okay. I'll remember. Somebody remind me when I get out there. So sometimes I need a, a little reminder. We're going to be looking in uh, the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. Some familiar words, stories here in the scriptures. We're going to start with verse 41. And when you find it, if you'll go ahead and stand up in reverence to the word of God. First Kings 18 and 41 says, And Elisha said to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now Hallelujah. that we're hearing a sound of abundance rain. Yes. Lord, you're doing things here in TFT that, Lord, we've just heard about. God, we see the prophetic messages have been coming forth. Lord, we know it's coming down the road. But, Father, we're starting to hear what, what you're telling us, Father. We're listening, God. Today, I ask you, Lord, right now, that the seed of the word will go down deep inside of us, Father. That it will fall on good ground, Father, and it will grow in us. I ask you, Lord, for, to anoint me tonight. Anoint me today, Jesus, that I can present the word the way you give it to me, Father. I ask you, Lord, to help us be receptive to hear your word and be obedient servants to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. The background of this story, if you read the whole book of, or excuse me, the whole chapter uh, 18 of First Kings, you'll see that for three and a half years, the heavens have been shut up. No rain, no dew. How many remember the story? No rain, no dew on the ground, no water. How many of those after three and a half years, the ground's going to be dusty, cracking everywhere? Yeah. It's going to be parched. But Elijah had been praying that it would not rain in Israel so that people might realize they have sinned and brought God's displeasure upon themselves. You wonder why was it, why was it dry? Why was it barren like that? There's a reason why. Israel was sinning. The drought was to prepare the people to repent. The drought was to awaken the sleeping conscience through the door of human need. You know what? We have a human need. I have a lot of human needs. That's when God really can work on us. I always ask this question. Why does it always seem somebody has to get the very rock bottom before they turn to God? 
It's that human need. It's that natural need. Boy, if I turn to everywhere we can turn, everywhere we can turn, and then we finally go to our creator. Go to, go to the one that knew everything about us, knows everything about us, knows how to help us out of the situation. Then we finally turn to them. Turn to God. God often has to get our attention in the natural before he can speak to us about the spiritual. We begin to get a picture of a man whose concern for Israel was so great that he didn't care if they suffered in the natural if it led to a spiritual revival. Brother Mike, we need to get that way. Doesn't matter what we have to give up. And this is a whole other sermon. We can give up whatever. But if we, the more we give up, the more we give up, the more we give up and give to God, the quicker the revival's coming. Yes. The quicker the rain is coming. Yes. James 5 and 17 says, Elijah was a man of like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for the time of three years and six months. To me, that's three and a half years. The text in James doesn't simply say he prayed, but he prayed earnestly. He was so moved by their sinfulness that he earnestly asked God, do whatever it takes to get the people's attention. Do whatever it takes to get their attention. You know what? That's a scary prayer to pray. God, do whatever it takes. I'm going to tell you right now, there's people here every day. By the way, I'm going to put a plug in for prayer meeting. Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m., we're in here praying. And if you're not here and you can't be here, you're missing it. If you're working, go work. God, God wants you to work. He wants you to supply. The church wants you to work and, and supply for God's house. But if you can be here and pray, you need to be here and pray. But I pray every day for this congregation. I go by and I name you by name. One right after another. One right after another. Katie, the other day, she said, I can't believe you remember my name. I've been praying for you, Katie. I've been in here praying for Katie and Jake. You know what? Not them just alone. Every one of them. Mike, Shirley, Devin. Right? Yes. One of the prayers I pray, so if you know that something's going on, you can just blame it on me. God, convict them. God, convict them of their sins. Hey, I'm not praying anything. I don't pray over myself. God, convict me of my sins. Convict me, Jesus. Show me. Show me the ways I need to straighten out. Show me the ways, the avenues I need to go. God, convict Brother Angel before he ever does anything, Lord. Start his day. I'll convict him, Lord, that he comes to you and he prays. He studies your word. God, convict him and show him. I pray it out of love because I don't want to see the devil trip anyone up. We see I, or, uh, Isaiah. We see Elijah doing this right here. Lord, whatever it takes. We want your attention. Elijah caused them to realize there was no middle ground anymore. Yeah. No middle ground anymore. No middle ground anymore. Amen. There's no middle ground anymore. This is not my notes, but look at the world today. They want us to accept everything. And if you don't accept it, you're racist. You don't accept it, well, you're a bigot. You're this, you're that. There is no middle ground with sin. There is no middle ground with sin. Lord, I'll keep saying it. You keep telling it to me. There is no middle ground. There's no middle ground. When Elijah came to Mount Carmel that day, the middle ground disappeared. 
we're going to prove who God is. We're fixing to prove. We're fixing to have a showdown. I'm fixing to kick you all over this mountain right here. We're going to prove there's no middle ground anymore. God, Jehovah is the God, and Baal is not. Amen. When John challenged men to respond to God through repentance and the rite of baptism, the middle ground disappeared. Yes. When Jesus walked on earth and said, you are either hot or cold, the middle ground disappeared. I also believe just prior to the coming of the Lord, the middle ground that may have been hiding will also disappear. Yes. It's going to disappear. God said that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Yes. Will, not might. It will be shaken. Yes. You cannot have mixed feelings about men like John and Elijah. The very nature of their ministry forces you to decide one way or another. I'm going to serve Jehovah. I'm going to serve myself, which when you're serving yourself, you're being led around by the devil. Right. He's got his little leash on you, and you're just a little puppy dog for him. If you choose God, you are blessed with the refreshing rain of heaven. Hallelujah. If not, your heart becomes hardened, and you wind up committing sins. I love this. Not because I love this, I just love the way I wrote this down. I'm telling you, God, give it to me. Your heart becomes hardened and you wind up committing sins you would have never dreamed possible. I can't believe I did some of the things in my life, Brother Angel. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I went there. Sin takes you farther than you want to go. Keeps you longer than you want to stay. Costs you more than you want to pay. I didn't invent that last time, by the way. I've heard it all along. Give no credit for that. When we come to the verses 30 through 40 in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, we find that God has been proclaimed as God, and the 450 prophets of Baal have been slain. God now blesses the land. Rain is on the way. The drought is about to be over because rain is on the way. And this is because Israel has dealt with the cause of the drought. The cause of the drought? Sin. Sin. We have to deal with the sin in our life to see that abundant rain from our texts. Yes. We have to deal with our heart. I'm going to tell you what. If you don't deal with your heart, look inward your heart. When God starts exposing you, you ain't going to like it. Right. You're not going to like it. You know what? If we would deal with it, here's how I heard it. Pray, God, would you show me? Don't show Shelly. Don't show Andrea. Don't show anybody. God, show me what I need to fix. Amen. And I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Through your help, I'll fix it. Mm. It's always been this way. Once we deal with the sin that's causing the problem, we'll remove the hindrance to the blessings. How many like to be blessed? I love when somebody comes and shakes my hand and gives me a dollar bill or a five or a ten or a hundred dollar bill. That'd be awesome too. But, uh, I like blessings. I like, you know, I'll be sitting at home or doing whatever here at the office, and she'll come in and she's holding a grape cream slush from Sonic. I'm just like, wow. You know, at that moment she can get me to do anything. I'm just like, I can't. my lips on chocolate. I like blessings. I like but that grape cream slush is straight from heaven. I'm just telling you, it is, it is a blessing. 
We have a tendency to try a multitude of ways to obtain the blessings without removing the hindrances. I want the blessings. I want the good things of God. But I really don't want to give up my sin that's pleasurable for a season. I don't want to give it up, Sister Metz. It's, it's not that bad. You know, it's legal in Colorado. So, uh, right? I didn't name sin. I just told you where it was at. Let me tell it to you like this. We cannot tolerate the virus and still enjoy good health. Right. Sister Kim, she, she used to be saying big amen right there. Big amen. She's, she's had the flu three times this winter, the virus. We can't enjoy good health with the virus in us. Few days in history, few days in the history of Israel stand out like this one that took place on Mount Carmel. God answered by fire and tremendous proof of the, uh, of the validity of God and the falseness of the gods of Baal. Yes. Yes. My dad preached this sermon when I was a kid, and we had it on it was all the way back when cassette tapes were going. And so they were recording a sermon, and he's just he's screaming, he's yelling, he's telling this sermon. He said, and fire fell from heaven. So my brother would put on the tape, and then he'd get up here and act like he was preaching. He's doing the needle. <laughs> Every time I think of this story, I think of that. And fire fell from heaven. <laughs> That's not even here to defend himself. <coughs> the people responded by giving praise to God and helping Elijah slay the prophets of Baal. Before many of them would reach their home, rain was going to fall from the sky. Back to our text. And Elijah said to Ahab, if ye have eaten drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Let me tell you that I'm not sure anybody else heard that sound but the prophet, the man of God, the one that was in the place where he should be, the one that had his ears tuned. I said this to my Uncle Roy this week. I said, Uncle Roy, I, I, don't, I don't want to sound super spiritual. I don't want to you know, think I've got it all going on. I said, but the closer I get to God, the more he talks to me. I said, I realize I've been missing something for years. He wants to speak to us on an everyday basis. I don't believe it's a once in a while. I got a word last month. Or I got a word last year. He wants to speak to you every day. Every day he speaks something to me. Speaks something. I was driving. I dealt with baseball on Thursday. Hey, I just spit. <laughs> Thursday, I'm driving down the road. Everybody down there, oh, dear. You voted for me. <laughs> I was driving down the road, and I, I'll be honest with you, I was thinking about baseball. I was thinking about baseball. I had some things going on in baseball. Did you get that? Go ahead. And my mind was not on God. I, I was trying to take back some jerseys through the mail, and you know how that is. You're trying to call them back, get a tracking number, or whatever they do. I don't, and so I'm trying to get all this ready to go. And I'm driving down Leblon, going to the house, and the power of God come into my little truck. You know what? In a little 1996 pickup truck, when God gets in there with you, there's no room for anything else. It was just like bulging out of everywhere. And I was just like, God come in that truck, and immediately I went to crying. And I went to speaking in tongues and crying and trying to hold the car on the 
like, God, I can't even see right now. He went to speak into my heart. He went to tell me some things that it's incredible. I can't tell you. But I'll tell you, it's incredible. It's incredible what God's fixing to do. He went to speak in my heart. I said, God, I said, how? I got rebuked in that same moment. He said, you trust me. You have faith in me. He said, you don't ask how. I'll do the how. I should have known better to say that. God, how? You have faith. That's how. Back in West Plains, Missouri, in the 50s, they were experiencing an unusual drought. On the corner of 2nd Street and Nebraska Street, at the old Pentecost Church of God Church, they were praying for rain. When someone in the congregation requested prayer for rain, my grandpa, he wasn't a real good guitar player, I'll just tell you. By the way, I want to say this. I'll get back to my story. My cousin Darren, my cousin Sherry, and, and technically my cousin Ryan, but she called me Uncle Drew. I love him. <laughs> I'm so glad for them to be here. Would you give them a big hand for being here today? <laughs> you know Sherry is an awesome singer. Darren, he's a good singer. He's not, he's not no Sherry, but he's an awesome musician and guitar player. Our grandpa was not that good of a guitar player. He was all right, but he was fun to play with just because grandpa and he knew how to play. He gets up from playing guitar in this little church because they requested prayer for rain. And my uncle was on stage playing guitar too and he grabbed me by the leg and he said, hey, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to the car. I left my windows down in the car. <laughs> they requested rain from God. That's faith, folks. That's, that's a true story. That's not something, I don't make my story up. My life's just that crazy, but I don't make my stories. I don't have to make up stories. They really happen to me. My grandpa got up. Somebody requests prayer for rain. He gets up. He goes, I got to go roll my windows up. I believe my God's big enough to answer this prayer. God's big enough to do whatever we want to ask him. When we get so full of faith in what God is about to do, we'll get up and go, up, go roll our windows up too, Brother Mike. Hmm. When we get so full of faith in what God is doing, we'll start expecting our lost family and friends to get saved. We'll have that confidence. Father, when they walk in this door, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to get a hold of them because we can't come to you, Father, unless you draw us. And you've drawn them in. You've drawn them in, Father. I expect salvation now. I expect salvation to come. We haven't had that kind of faith. God, we need a miracle in our finances. We need to have that kind of faith. Father, I don't know where it's coming from, but I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I'm going to roll my windows up to all these other things, Father, because you're fixing to send me out a blessing. You're about to pour out the rain, God, and I don't want my car getting wet. So I'm going to roll up the windows. You're sending the rain. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. When we start expecting the Holy Spirit to fill believers with the Holy Ghost, you know what? We'll get up and get over there right by and say, you know what, they're fixing to get the Holy Ghost because I know they're seeking it. God's fixing to pour it. I'm going to get a little overflow. I love that song, overflow. Overflow. We'll start expecting the unusual. We'll start expecting the miraculous. I love that word miraculous. In reference to God, I love it. 
We'll start expecting blind eyes open. We'll start expecting cripples to begin to walk. We'll start expecting for my son to get real new hips and all of a sudden he comes marching down there like he used to. He's an athlete who's been crippled by a disease that God heals, that God's bigger than, that he can take care of. That abundance reigns is in healing too. We start expecting them things. We're going to start seeing them with our eyes. Hallelujah. There was a sound that Elijah heard. But because the sound was not the the sound was not the rain. Elijah heard it. It wasn't the rain. It was only the precursor to the rain. But I'm gonna tell you what else it was. It was a call to prayer for Elijah. We hear it's gonna rain up. God's gonna do it. Let's go to Wendy's. Let's, he's gonna do it. Let's let's go play golf. No. He heard the rain. I think he's the only one that heard it. The Bible doesn't say, but I think he's the only one that heard it. But he didn't say, okay, God, I got you. You spoke to me. Good to go. Now I'm going to go over here and I'm going to wash my camel. No. He went to pray. He went to pray. How often can we smell the rain when it's on the way in the natural? I love that smell. You smell it. Oh, man, it's fixing to rain. You can smell this. We can also feel a change in the humidity. The temperature a lot of times when the rain is imminent. Sometimes in our spiritual walk, we hear the rustling, we hear the sound of rain, and we take it easy because we know it's on the way. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. We do. We do. God, it's on the way. Preacher said it's on the way. It's going to be got to God in prophesied. It's on the way. It's going to happen. So I'm not. Take it easy. I'm just waiting on you, God. I'm just here waiting on you. Elijah didn't do that. How many of you ever heard the sound of rain, but it never showed up? Over and over and over. When I was running baseball, the news would call for rain. We might have some dark clouds start showing up. And immediately, everybody in Greenbrier would call me and, we're canceling games, we're canceling games, we're canceling games. I was the dude that never canceled games. I'd get you out on the field, and then if you got sloppy wet, then we'd, we'd cancel the game. All right, it's time to get off the field. But over and over and over, they'd call, and then it would never rain. They were expecting rain, so they were just ready to call quits, go sit down somewhere, and do something different. But the rain didn't show up. You could feel the change in the atmosphere. You could smell the rain coming. You could hear it, but it never showed up. While many churches are content to settle for a long sprinkler, sized outpouring of God's power, I hear the abundance of rain coming. Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain, but he didn't just sit around and wait for the rain to come. Verse 42, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Elijah knew what was coming, but he didn't let up. He didn't slow down. On his relationship with God, he didn't let up. He didn't slow down. He went to prayer. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But you know what? Instead of me just sitting back, where you can even send Ahab to go eat, drink, I'm going to pray. I'm still going to pray for it. I'm going to continue to pray. Pray without ceasing, I believe is what the word says. He intensified his prayer. He took a humble posture of intensity before God. He bowed before God, put his face to the ground. If we think we can have the prophetic to come to fruition in our church, 
and a mighty move of God or an abundance of rain without prayer, we're missing it. We're missing what God's doing. It's only through him that rain is coming. You know what? It's going to take us praying. Not just because we know it's coming. He said it's coming. You know what? He could have heard that sound. Elijah could have heard that sound and never prayed about it. It may have been years before that rain ever got there. But he went to begin to pray. We can't neglect our prayer life. Keep praying for the abundance of rain. We're missing what God wants us to do if we're not praying for that abundance of rain. Total faith, total trust is what God wants, and it comes through prayer. If we wait for the abundance of rain without prayer for the, for the fulfillment, fulfillment of the promise, it would seem as if we had had the right to the blessing. God says there's abundance of rain coming, but you know what? I'm going to pray for it. He's going to bring it because, you know, we deserve it. We've been here a long time. We've been right here in the community. We did this and that. For this. Right? We're entitled. Oh, I'm back to our world today. We're entitled. We're entitled to everything. You know, I don't work. I don't contribute anything to society, but would you please give me some money so I can uh, feed my kids, so I can do this or that? Oh, did I get off on that? I did. Entitlement. Entitlement. Once we begin to take our promises for granted, there's no blessing with them, and there's no blessing to our souls. 1 Kings 18, verse 43. And said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. This guy must have been in shape, I'm just saying. Go seven times. The next verse says, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he had said, behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stopped thee not. There's so much right there in them, them two verses. It's just incredible. The next mighty, I'm just telling the church right here, TFT, the next mighty move of God that's coming our way may look small at first. But don't be discouraged because God's rain is, is coming on you in an accelerated fashion if we'll continue to pray. I'll just give Taylor credit on that right there. I said, Taylor, tell me what you know about Mount Carmel and what happened there and everything. And he told me that right there. He said, here, let me give you something. He goes, Dad, I just preached this down in Texarkana two weeks ago. I had no idea. I wasn't in Texarkana and I didn't watch it on Facebook. So I had no idea. I also asked my Uncle Lloyd and my dad, I said, give me some insight. Give me some nuggets nobody else knows. And they're like, not that in here. <laughs> they said it's in the Word. Just read it for yourself. Gotcha. God is changing us. He's getting us ready for the abundance of rain that's headed our way. It may look like little, as little as the size of a man's hand, but it's growing faster than we can imagine. Yes. And I want you to know that great blessings often arise from small beginnings. And showers of plenty come from a cloud that looks like the size of a man's hand. Hallelujah. Let us therefore never despise the day of small things, but pray and wait for great things that come from. Go on. Verse 45 now. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. 
And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, that scripture right there just doesn't seem like a whole lot there. He girded up his loins. Of course, I thought of food immediately, pork loins. I'm thinking, that sounds pretty good. It has nothing to do with that. If you, that's what you were thinking, okay? It's not that. It's talking about his clothes, okay? Verse 45 and 46 tell us how the rain came upon them so fast that Elijah couldn't even start running before it started raining. God is moving in such an accelerated fashion at this time that the small things will, will move upon us in such a profound and mighty fashion that they will change the outcome of our city and our community. Yes. Greenbrier and the surrounding communities are going to feel the ripple effect of the waves of glory or the abundance of rain that's coming in and through this house. This is the place, TFT. We are the place that God is pouring out His Spirit. We are the place. You know why? Because we want it. We're asking for it. We're praying for it. God, pour it on us. I keep saying this over and over and over in my prayer. Pour it on. Pour it on, God. Pour it on. Enough. Not A little bit's not enough. Pour it on. She sang a song earlier today. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. You know what? I want that abundance. I told you a couple of services ago, I think about a pool of water, and the more that you get the kids in there, the more you see the, the water starts to rise and starts overflowing. We have a boat down pool, by the way. That's the way that happens. You put kids in there, and it just starts overflowing after a while. You get too many kids in there. That's the way I see this church. Yes. It's going to overflow. Let me read. I want to read this to you. It's 1 Kings 18 and 46, but this is in the NIV. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. One of my commentary, uh, commentaries in my office is Gills. I think his name is John, but I just call him Gills. Sounds like a ball player. He says Mount Carmel was at least 16 miles from Jezreel. We, we looked up some more commentary. It said it was between 17 and 30 miles from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. You need to understand the scripture, what we're looking at. This is the first, well, it may not be the first, but this is a superhero we're talking about right here, Elijah. He's outrunning horses. Yeah. Outrunning horses. Yeah. I may say I can, but I can't outrun a horse. But the power... And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. Yes. The anointing of the Holy Ghost was on Elijah. When the anointing of God is in the house, manifestations of his spirit will be taking place and the miraculous will be seen. Yes. The dead things will come alive. The sick things will be healed. The addictions will be broken. Marriages will be restored. Relationships will be mended. Yes. When the abundant rain is in the house. When the Holy Ghost is in the house. When the Lord shows up, he shows up with all his power and all of his attributes. The Bible said that Elijah beat Ahab to the city gates. That in itself is a supernatural phenomenon. Man outrunning horses for 16 miles or maybe even more because the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. God is not wanting to wait any longer for us to sit still and see if we will have his anointing. God's anointing is here. It's here. It's on are we ready to run? Yes. But before we can run, go back to my word, we've got to gird up our loins. Yes. Yes. 
And then the virgin said, he took his cloak and he tucked it in his belt. You might know why. He's running. He's running faster than the horses. He can't have this big long rope there. It's going to trip him up. He's going to get tangled up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going somewhere. We can't let things trip us up when the supernatural touch of the Holy Spirit is moving. Amen. What is the cloak? In the scripture, that it was his coat or his loins that he's wearing. In 2019, what's the cloak look like? Maybe our son's baseball practice. Maybe our daughter's cheer practice on church nights. Well, you know, God, I didn't schedule this, so I got to go here. God's looking for a dedication that says, you know what? I remember a time when people were that dedicated and said, you know what? You have something on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be praising God. I'm going to have an encounter with Jesus on them days. I'm not going to no cheer practice. I didn't have girls. I think that's the way they do it. Our cloak can be our husband or wife. And that would be an either or, not both. Well, you know, uh, my husband, he doesn't want to come to church. And my, my wife, you know, she didn't, she doesn't live for God. She don't want to come to church, so um, I'm not going to be able to do everything I need to do for God because my cloak's not tucked in my belt so I can run when the anointing of the Holy Ghost hits me. That's what they're really saying. You can be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Being a youth pastor here for 13 years, you wouldn't know how many breakups I've caused. <laughs> I'm so proud of. I wish I'd have got some more of them. I just tell you, I wish I'd have got some more of them. Don't let your boyfriend or girlfriend trip you up. Amen. Keep you from running where you're supposed to be going. Our cloak can be our new sports car. Luckily, I have an old one, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. This refers to new sport. We got a car. It takes too much of our time. It's tripping us up. How about hunting efficiencies? Wow. I wish this wasn't plexiglass. This is real wood. We live in Arkansas. Hunting efficiencies. I remember going to school in the sixth grade in Shirley, Arkansas. And we got like a week off in the middle of, in the, middle of the winter. I'm thinking, this is awesome school. They don't do this in Illinois. This is, I didn't know what's going on. They said, it's hunting season. Like, what are we hunting for? I had no idea. I had no idea. They took a week off for school just to go hunt, fishing. Sometimes that can be our cloak that we need to tuck in so we can run. Sometimes we're watching a little too much TV. Playing Fortnite. Sometimes our cloak is gossiping. Here's an easy way to figure out where your cloak is. A cloak is anything or anyone that will trip us up from getting where God has designed us to be. I'm going to say, uh, sometimes our cloak is the song selection or praise and worship leader. God, I can't worship that. I, can, I hate that song. It's too long. They're repeating it over and over. I got it the first time, God. How come they, they keep singing it? 
But you know what? If we'd come to church ready to praise and worship our God, there wouldn't be any pumping or priming by a worship leader to keep singing a song over and over and over. We'd enter to the Holy of Holies and worship would just fall down. His presence would rain down every time if we come ready to worship. We come ready to praise Him. We gotta be ready. Sometimes our focus, the sermon that's preached. Are you kidding me? That guy can't speak. He's way out of a wet paper bag. And I said that about myself. God help us to tuck that cloak in. The Holy Spirit is wanting to run with this church. We need to get, get rid of the distraction. Tuck things in. Be ready to run under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Anything that trip us up, we need to bind it up and get rid of it. I believe God wants to let someone know here today, it's time to tuck in your cloak. We cannot allow the distractions to trip us up when we're trying to follow after God. Hallelujah. Today I believe God's trying to show himself strong in our lives, in our church, and throughout our community. And it starts with repentance, getting rid of the other gods that we've allowed into our lives. Again, any other god would be anything that comes between me and him. Amen. My God could be that woman right there. It's not. She's second place. She's second place. And guess what? I'm second place to her because God's number one. We talked about it, I think, Wednesday. God's got to be number one. He won't accept anything but number one in your life. Amen. We have to listen for the sound of the abundance of rain. And once we hear it, fall on our face before God and pray for the rain of the Holy Spirit. Next, we have to look for the refreshing rain of the Spirit. No matter how many times we have to look for it, keep looking to the heavens for the cloud of the size of a man's hand. Yes. Then we have to be ready to run under the influence of the hand of God. Under the influence of the Holy Ghost, be careful not to let anything trip us up. I'm done. Would you stand with me? Everyone bow your heads. I'm going to ask this question today. First step in this message that we see here with, uh, with uh, Elijah was the sin problem. Yeah. Was the sin problem. We have to get rid of the sin problem. I'm going to ask you today if you'd like to know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you'd like to have that relationship, you know there's something between you and God right now. I'm going to invite you down first. Like, Drew, that's embarrassing. Come down here. Everybody went Everyone in here that's saved has made the same walk. Yes. Everyone in here has bowed themselves before God.